What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades from DNVR, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Matt, I mean, we we are recording this now around 10 o'clock at night, so we have had uh, – the reason I like doing the show the way, we, the way that we do it like this is that the immediate emotion, perspective, and things you think about in the immediate moments after a game are always, for me, always different than what they are a couple hours later. I haven't had a chance to go back and fully rewatch this game. I don't know that I need to. I probably will. I don't know that I need to, though. Um, but I do feel like I have a little bit of a different perspective on this game from what I had five hours ago. Do you? Or do you feel like what you saw and what you took away immediately after it is what you feel and what you take away now? Yeah, no, I'm still where I was. I'm still yeah. very much. Um, so I watch all of these teams every year and everyone thinks that I hate their team specifically and I'm negative about them and I have biases. And what it really is, is like, I want everyone to be the best that they can be. Like I want the Blazers to be the best team that they can be, which is not the team that they've built around Dame. Um, <laughs> and I want the Nuggets to be the best team that they can be. I want everyone to live up to their absolute potential. And if, once you get to the playoffs, it's like play as well as you can. And if yeah. you play as well as you can, then you can be satisfied with the results. If your other team's better, that's not on you. That's on the front office. The front office has got to make the team better. Right. You, you have to be execute a good enough game plan. You have to have a good enough game plan going in that makes sense. Yeah. And you have to have the effort and execution. And if it comes down to we just make shots, then you can live with that. The Nuggets should not live with anything that, that, that happened today in game three. They should not sleep after right. that. They should not be satisfied. <laughs> They should, honestly, Adam. It's the worst playoff loss I can remember. Wow! Like it's, yeah, it's. I don't know that I can. I mean, I just don't. I like whether or not that's hyperbole is only dependent on whether it's actually the third worst playoff loss you've ever right. seen. It's like it's in the conversation for worst right. playoff loss you've ever seen. Yeah, right. Like there have been so many torturous, painful losses, but yeah. that's the point. Is like those teams gave absolutely everything. The Nuggets gave nothing today. See, so the, and this is what I mean is that I think in the immediate aftermath of this game. My my thoughts were primarily with the, you know, they're getting worked here. Do they not, like, are, are you able to solve some of the things that Denver does? Is their team so deeply flawed in the direction they're going flawed? And I think I land a little bit more on that scale. The more I digested and just kind of like watched, first of all, watch some of the post game, which we're going to talk about. And, um, you know, just kind of you try to feel around, see what's going on. I think this had way more to do with the fact that their star player and perhaps more members of the team just did not were not in the mood to play a playoff game today or not in the mood to execute a game plan that was for this playoff game and you know it's the playoffs you have to be a lot better than the team you're going up against to not to win without giving complete and full effort and i don't think denver gave regular season effort i'm not even sure tonight that jokic specifically gave preseason effort in this game yeah, it's like, you know, there, there's, okay, you didn't execute the game plan. Like, they didn't run hard. They didn't, they, they did, they, like, Jokic didn't put his hand up. Like, he, he wasn't just, even trying in the pick and roll at all or to score. Like, like, I mean, he would get the ball with Gobert on the wing, take a dribble, pick it up, and then just kind of be like, anybody want it? And, and it was like, well, are we posting? Are we picking? What are we doing? And I don't care. Well, I'll start here. If you are of the mindset that you're like, 
Well, the problem is the top and they traded Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and they didn't, and they traded Malik Beasley and they don't have the shooters. And that's why, okay. Uh, I don't right. have to speak to that person. I mean, that's, that's whatever that, that, that corner of the world is. Right. I mean, that's not but for the show. That, that's, that's fine though. And you can go, it's Michael Malone. He can't make adjustments. He hasn't oh, made one single adjustment in, in okay. the series at all. Okay. You can do that too. Yeah, yeah. And you can point to the role players and right. say, All of these things are true. Yeah, there's truth in all of it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's everybody. This is a comprehensive failure by oh, the yeah. organization top down. But I will say this. If this is what your best player does in a 1-1 series, yeah. in the first round, yeah. after getting absolute his teeth kicked in the previous game, if this is his response, I do not know if that player can be your best player and you can win a championship. Never in five years. Can... Never in five years have I thought that, and I don't think in five years the fan base has thought thought that. I, I said this earlier. This is the first time in five years I have had anybody throw out a Jokic trade proposal. It's never happened. Think of all the crazy things people throw at you, Matt. Like people just don't tweet at you anything, right? I've never once had that, and I had several of them tonight. And again, I, I do think that's part of the story. Whatever, whatever you go with it, wherever you distribute the blame, whatever percentages you go, if we assume that Jokic, you know, was trying like deliberate, because I, again, we've seen Jokic just do, just do 30, 20 and 10 on, on Gobert. Like we've seen him dominate him in times. And we've seen what that looks like. He attacks him. He goes at him. He would take a dribble in the post tonight, pick it up pass it out and then just stand there like just it was just, it wasn't like he was going up against him and getting a shot blocked or like oh he tried to post him up but gobert took the angle he just didn't even try he didn't he didn't try to do anything he had a couple threes and almost because he had to shoot them because it was like the clock was winding out but it just was such a passive and almost purposefully um you know pathetic performance from him on top of look this is a matchup that's already going to push him to his limit even when he's playing well so it was such a weird thing that I think it is fair at this moment to say, let's assume Jokic has a point. Let's assume that Yo if, if this is the case, let's assume that he has a reason to say this or that. It's the playoffs. This game's you don't get back. This isn't the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday. This is a playoff game. And Jokic seemed very unbothered by the fact that they were going to lose this game in humiliating fashion. And that and even in the post game, he mentioned made reference of how he's going to sleep fine tonight. I that's the thing that I think as one of his biggest supporters, one of his biggest fans, I have such a hard time wrapping my head around. Yeah. If he's frustrated because Tory Craig is starting and that jams up the offense or he's mad about how they're running pick and roll too much. I don't care. I do right. not care. Well, I care. <laughs> I care. I, I just care. Below a mountain of this other thing that we're looking at. Well, I care only if he's like, if he does the work otherwise. Yeah. If I can look at it and say, look, like Joker's unhappy with the offense and he still put up 25, 12 yeah. and held Gobert or whatever. No, not, right. not if you're going to get that kind of performance out of him. Not right. if, if he's going to, if like you said, it's the Hawks and superstars pull all sorts of weird nonsense. And this yeah. is like a thing that if you dig into like the deep dives of teams and the stories that, that teams will tell, you will hear a lot of, he was angry about X, so he decided to put like the, all yeah, of Jordan's yeah. career is filled with this kind of stuff, right? Right, right. LeBron too, like they were just be, and Russell Westbrook is another one of these where 
um, he would have a game where he would have zero assists and everyone goes, that's why Russell Westbrook can't win a championship because he doesn't pass to his teammates. And Russ would come out in the next game and deliberately rack up 14 Right, assists. right, right, right. You cannot, in un, under any circumstances, have this kind of performance and then follow it up with that kind of thing. You mentioned how he talks post-game. So I listened to Malone. I miss yeah. Jokic, but I did, I did listen to Malone. And Vic, I think, was the one that asked a question about, and I, I sent you the text the other day during when you were doing the DMVR post-game show, um, about he had basically asked, like, Jokic just has dominated Gobert in a lot of these matchups. What do you think is going on in that matchup that's right. giving Joker this is what I mean. Like, it's not it's not comparable. And it's not like, oh, you know, they really put the second person on him, or this that's like, come on, man. Like right. Right, but he's aver- he, the, going into the series and even through game one, he's averaging 30, 20, you know, 30, 10, and 10 in this against the Utah Jazz. So you don't go from that to whatever tonight was. Yeah. And then Malone answered, that's a great question for Nikola Jokic. Yes, he did. Yep. Yep. And, and again, and like, like I said, there's a disconnect. I just, the, the more I watch all of the post game and I, re, you know, see the different clips or this or that, it's, it, there's a disconnect and it, it's so disheartening on so many levels. I don't want to. We're going to take a break now because I don't want to spend this whole time harping on Nikola Jokic. I do. Even though he, no, even though he deserves it. But this just because there's so many other things we have to talk about and to kind of break down. So it's going to weave its way back in and out of this. But my in the immediate aftermath, I was so disappointed in Jokic because it was like, seriously, you're getting, you know, you're getting humiliated. You're getting this or that. The more I stew on it, the more I kind of sit and think and rewatch and follow all these things, it's like he didn't care. He was willing to do that to either make some kind of point or to get out of the bubble or whatever it is that's going on. He, he didn't care. And that part, it doesn't make it any better. Um, it might even make it a little bit worse, but it, to me, that's the perspective I carry. And, um, and that's kind of the perspective I'm going to have going forward, but let's take a break real quick. Um, and, and on the other side, we'll get into some of the other things um, that are going on right now. I know everybody there has such a busy life. I know I do. My life is like a, a crazy, crazy spin cycle right now with work and family and then the playoffs and games going on nonstop. I don't have time to do half of my to-do list. I can't, I certainly don't have time to go sit out at a restaurant, do all these different things. So I let DoorDash take care of all of that for me. Whether I want tacos, my wife wants, I always want tacos every single night. My wife maybe wants Chinese or a salad or something, whatever it is. DoorDash has us all covered. We can continue supporting restaurants we like in our community safely. There's thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need our patronage now more than ever. So you can support your favorite restaurants by using DoorDash to order them right to your door. Contactless. They're going to deliver it right to your door, leave it on your porch and notify you that you that it is there. Then you go pick it up. You never have to have that face-to-face interaction so you know that it's safe. The DoorDash app uh, that brings you food craving that you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. You just open that app. There's over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, um, and, and it's many. You'll be surprised. It's probably even your local places that you like. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off zero delivery with zero delivery fees if you place an order of $15 or more when you download. That's almost free. It's basically like getting like at least 50% off your dinner. That almost comes out to that. If you just use the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONMBA. Don't forget that promo code LOCKEDONMBA. Back here in the Lockdown Nuggets podcast with Matt Moore. I'm Adam Matas. We're trying to diagnose now what the hell we just watched in this game three. Like this is, I mean, game two and game three, if you put them together. Game two, in game two, we didn't really talk about it so much because Utah went on that run that was so big. 
But Denver rolled over. And I think we all kind of chalked it up to, well, you know, they were down so much. It doesn't I mean whether you roll over or not, whatever. But now that we've seen game three where they also rolled over, it now is a thing where it's – I just saw – I just watched a Clippers-Dallas game where if you're a Dallas fan and you lose that one, you feel proud because at least your team stepped up to the plate. They get pushed around. They get people talking trash to them. They took it personally. They went right back at it. You, you at least say, like, man, this team is going to swing back if you swing at them. Denver just, Denver just didn't seem to care. And, it, and in particular, Jokic getting screamed at, dunked on, screamed in your ear. Didn't bother him. It's, you know, just going about it. Let's talk, though, about how this game unfolded at the beginning. And one thing we had talked about was Denver should probably be down three games to zero now. But certainly going into it, I thought, you're 1-1. You feel lucky to be 1-1. Do you make adjustments? Michael Malone went with that same starting lineup. And it seemed to me like went with more or less the exact same offensive and defensive strategy in this game. Um, do you think it was – I mean, in hindsight, it's easy. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But were you shocked that there was not a, a, a lineup change at the starting lineup given what we had seen? I think he finally reached that point at halftime, right? That's why Grant started. I think that that was like – that was what he, he got to, I think. Um, Which is kind of funny, like in and of itself, but. I, I think on some level, he is unable to view this through the lens of anything other than, like your point last night about the defense and the offense being correlated and um, the synergy between the two, which is pretty obvious, right? Like, and Malone talked about it. Like Malone did talk about it but just malone thinks about it the other way right yeah, which is yeah malone's thing is like even if we get stops we're giving up the offensive rebound and then we're taking it out versus a set defense if we're uh getting constantly scored on we're playing into a set defense like right right a lot of this is honestly that i don't think malone has confidence that their half court offense can beat the jazz's half court defense like that's the underlying principle here and that's a mistake by malone mm. um i think Malone has obviously very clearly been out coached in this series. I think he's been <laughs> Quinn Snyder's a great coach. I mean, that's not maybe yeah. the biggest insult, although I do think the disparity is pretty wide right now. Yeah. I don't know. The problem I have is like there are not obvious things that I can point to and go, like, if Malone would just do this. Oh, like, really? Okay, well, let me well, why don't we begin? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean think, Go ahead. Uh, look, you can you can say all you want about like take Tory Craig out and just play offense and just go offense all the time. They're still going to give up 130 and lose. Yeah, but they give up 130 anyway. That that was my whole point. But here's the thing: Denver has and Malone is in a tough spot in this one way. You've got guys that are kind of good on offense and terrible at defense. And then you've got guys that are kind of good on defense, but terrible on offense. And you don't really have a lot of overlap. I think a lot, you look like at a, at a Royce O'Neal, great defensive player, good offensive player, right? He's not a, he's not a dumpster fire. He can, he can do a role. Denver doesn't have that. They're a little bit more on the extremes with their lineups. And I think that Malone is doing in this series and has done so far is tried to blend the two. Okay, we're going to give you Murray and PJ and Jokic, but we're also going to give you Millsap and Craig. And, we'll, yeah. and I think this is part of what – and it's just like, okay, you're not now you have neither a good defense nor a good offensive lineup out there. You just have this, like, blended thing. There were lineups with all bench units plus Jokic where you've got, like, Dozier out on the court, and you're just like, okay, well, where, what, what, is the, what are you hoping gets accomplished with this specific lineup? But I think um, – and this brings me back to again what I think I'm seeing from Jokic. He's given the ball on the block on one of the first play, you know, early on in this game. Tory Craig's guy sinks off. Paul Millsap's guy sinks off, and he's looking there, going, and then everybody stands and watches, and he's going, okay, so you want me to isolate post up the defensive player of the year, dribbling into a triple team, 
with kick the only option being to kick out against two guys that aren't going to make it. And I just think he it looked to me like he was in this game like, nope, I'm just gonna, you know, make the right read, which is to pass to a guy that's not gonna make it and not be aggressive. And to me, that's what it looked like. You then you go to the other side of the court and you watch the Utah Jazz, and they just are so clear about what they're gonna do. Everybody's moving on a they string. Also trust their movement, teammates. Trust their teammates. And Denver, it's just you watch that, and then you go on the other end, and Denver just stands and watches, or it's, okay, now we're going to go to Murray. We want to get Murray going on this. We're going to give a Murray play, and everybody stands and watches Murray try to do something. It's just, it, to me, it looks so deliberate, so over the top that that's why I say it, it looked like Jokic was like, okay, that's the game plan? Sure, I'm going to execute the game plan. I'm going to go out there and go through the motions. I mean, maybe. And maybe, like, that's, like, I'll say this. This loss was so bad that, Michael Malone just got an extension and like, just to be clear, I haven't spoken with anybody in the front office. Haven't talked to anybody. Right, 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 right. After this one, letting this one sit for a while. Price smart. Um, but like based on off of history, this is like a, this is, this is, this loss was, as I said, the worst playoff loss I can remember. Yeah. It was a franchise defining loss. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like everyone that says like the nuggets are an irrelevant team that aren't serious this is proof of all of that. Like it defined them. Um, It can also very much serve as a franchise altering loss. Like this was so bad. It's hard not to make changes after you see that. Right. Like it's just hard not to, because you're just like, I know, I know you mean this there's the series isn't over, but we're assuming if this is what happened, like this is the direction If it can, should it continue? And this is how it goes. I think you're right. And it's funny because you came into this series thinking, you know, what are the stakes for this one? Okay. Maybe you, okay, we didn't realize this guy doesn't fit or that guy. But you weren't thinking like this whole ship is headed in the wrong direction. And I think when you see back-to-back blowout losses and one is demoralizing and just is like embarrassing, because I think this was an embarrassing loss. For everybody that like has ever thought about the Denver Nuggets, this was embarrassing. And I think when you have something that bad, you do, I don't think that you can polish this and say, well, if only Gary Harris was healthy, they would have been fine. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was so overwhelming. And you can go like we can we can play this out because the reason I, I ran this conversation up is um, I'm not saying like you're not suggesting this. I'm just saying like fans are naturally going to be like fire the coach. Like that's just what they're going to say. Yeah, I mean like, we're in game three of a playoff series, so I do think that 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 conversation is crazy. But we are setting the stakes. We're just saying that you can't lose as embarrassingly as you did and not think that there has to be drastic changes. They just run it back and it'll be better next time. Right. Um, and I do think, and for me on some sort of fundamental level, they can change whatever they want and make Joker as happy as they want. And what yeah. if he finds something else and doesn't like it? Oh, what if exactly. injury happens and something else is, is uncomfortable? And what if, um, his glitter isn't the right color on when he's drawing yeah, 100%. on his markers? I, like I wholeheartedly agree here. Like I, I just wind up being like, you're a professional. Like you, you get paid to do this for a living. And See, this you, was- cause I, like part of it's like, like Paul Millsap is, is just like, he went over the hill. Yeah. It basically he went over the hill in March. Like that's what happened. It's like this four month, this four month gap was like when like Paul Millsap expired in terms yeah. of being like a viable starter. And the league also it's, it's, I I've said this the other day, but it's, it's two things. Millsap's getting old and the league is moving away from Millsap skill set. That's, that's my theory. So it's kind of yeah. like, it's exponential now. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it sucks and it's tough. And Paul has been nothing but like a beacon of professionalism and all the time in yeah. the league. And I have nothing but the endless amount of respect for him. But like, I didn't see Paul not playing hard today. Like I didn't see him playing like 
all out, <laughs> but I, yeah. but like, I, I, I thought it like I, he gives, he's consistent and yeah. I have an appreciation for that consistency. I actually thought Jamal played hard. Yeah. I, thought Jamal, hard. I mean, yeah, I thought Jamal played hard. Jamal just can't do it. Like Jamal, Jamal can want to get past Royce O'Neal all he wants. Can't do it. Yeah, 12 points tonight. And yeah, I mean, only 26 minutes and they were tough buckets. They were like, every time he scored, you were like, wow, what a miracle. He got, he got a really tough one off there. Yeah. And like, um, I absolutely think that their best option right now is to try and score 130 and yeah. try and outscore them. Like that's probably well, the I best go back thing. To your point though about Jokic, because I think this is an important one in our most ardent Jokic supporter listeners are that, that maybe just don't get this point. You can't always cave to a superstar on everything like this. They also have to learn their own lessons. If Jokic has an issue with the coaching staff, why doesn't he bring it up? He's the star player. He has the most power in the organization outside of the owner. If he goes and says, hey, this is what I want, and the coach doesn't listen, he can go to the management and say this. That there, there's ways you can, you can do this behind closed doors that don't involve you just saying, you know what, teammates? I'm not doing it tonight. You guys go out and try to win this one because I'm upset about this or that, which is what it felt like tonight, or just he didn't muster it. But this reminded me more than anything of LeBron James in 2010. I think the biggest LeBron critics in in that Celtics series said, well, it was the great Celtics defense and scheme, and they came up with this. And he said, yeah, that might have made it hard on him. But he just didn't show up. He just wasn't there. He was, And that's what Jokic looked like tonight. I mean, just he was so disinterested in it that I I don't think you can chalk this – solely up to good defense i I do think it's possible that it's possible that it wasn't a scheme or personnel or whatever it could just be that like he was in bosnia serbia he was in serbia yeah sorry about that uh he was in serbia and he was comfortable four days ago four days ago we're in overtime and him and murray are just doing this incredible two-man game and and you know he he got the better of gobert all the way down the stretch the fourth quarter he takes over i mean i did you go back to the bubble the the double overtime game same exact thing just fouls gobert out is attacking he's got game winners he got all that stuff like we're not we're so close to that was a week ago i mean that was less than a week ago for this most recent one that's but that makes it all the more confusing right like like that makes it all the more confusing why it would suddenly be like, now I am unhappy with how the offense is being run. And now I will log this pro. Like, oh. you know what I, you know how I feel about him. He's a bird. Like yeah. it, the, the mood hit him and he responded to that. And it's like, you gotta, you, at some point you gotta put your feelings aside and go do the job. And yeah. even if you're just like, we're not going to win this. Yeah. Like I, again, the, the best players in this league, not going to win it. They're still going to go out there and they're going to drop 30 and they're going to play really hard. and They're going to do the absolute best that they can. I'm not trying to take, by the way, anything away from Utah. Like I know there's probably a lot of Utah people that'll be listening to this show. I'm sure trying to like say like, I can't wait to hear them complain about this. Yeah. Or that. I mean, no, like Utah has been awesome. Up. Rudy Gobert has been incredible. Best, best been- playoff game of Rudy Gobert's career. I mean, it's 11 to 15 with 24 points, 14 rebounds. Donovan Mitchell just say Donovan Mitchell had his worst game tonight and it didn't really matter. I mean, it was, you know, it, he's, he's been that fantastic. So I'm not trying to take anything away. It's just that Utah's not 50 points better than Denver, especially when we saw them start the series for, you know, four games to none. When you talk about the entire year, we saw the performances that we had and all of a sudden three days later, they're 50 points better. And it's just like, I, I 
I mean, that's that's what's so painful. Let's take a break. Let's look forward because we're talking about this as if it's three games to zero or three games to one or four games or whatever. Like, it's actually 2-1. Denver could bounce back and even the series in two days. It doesn't feel like it. But that's at least the, you know, the sort of the situation that we find ourselves in. Before we take a break, though, of course, for 60 seconds here, I just want to tell you, if you're in Colorado, there's $1 million up for grabs in the sportsbetting.com pro football pick'em contest. Entry is 100% free. This is a free million dollars if you win it. I can confirm there are no strings attached because they've entered me into it. Myself, Matt's in it as well. All you have to do is make 16 picks against the spread and 16 over-under picks for the NFL Week 1 games. And if all of your picks are correct, you'll walk away with $1 million prize. And check this out. If no one wins the million dollar prize, sportsbetting.com uh, is guaranteeing a $10,000 prize pool to the top five finishers with first place getting $5,000 cash. Enter the $1 million uh, contest by visiting sportsbetting.com backslash locked on nuggets. That's sportsbetting.com slash locked on nuggets. Okay, back here on the Lockdown Nuggets podcast, Adam Adams joined by Matt Moore. So one gripe I have, Matt, about you, and this is more of a regular season gripe than it is a playoff gripe, but one gripe I have about you, and it's not you, it's a lot of people, is that you tend to to grade Jokic. Like, we'll say we're, we're it's Memphis versus Denver, and it's a Wednesday, and it's game 60. Denver versus Memphis, and we'll grade him on like a three-minute interval. Like, ooh, Jokic is really struggling these three minutes, and then the first eight minutes of this game, Jokic has been outplayed. And I find it silly because the game is basketball. It says there's runs. And every time you analyze things on that micro of a scale, I think it could be off. So that's, that's one difference of the way we, so we're sort of watching it. Now it's the playoffs and every second of the game matters. And, you know, it, obviously every game matters, but I will say we are analyzing this as if it is over in a moment when it's actually two games to one. As crazy as it is, and as much as there is no momentum whatsoever for Denver in this series, if I am correct, and I think that there is another gear that they have, and just Jokic didn't feel like it, maybe they they still haven't shown Utah their best, given them their best shot by any means. Denver can bounce back and and tie this series up two to two. Are you? Do you think this is completely crazy, given what we just saw to, over the last you know seventy two hours? No, I don't think it's completely crazy. Uh, I think, I think a lot of it is you talked about like seeing the small picture, but I'm always comparing the small picture with the map. No, it's not crazy. Uh, they can absolutely come back and win this series. That's definitely like on the table. You mentioned like looking at the micro version. I'm always looking at the micro, but I'm also trying to correlate the micro with the macro. I'm trying to look at the, the largest universe too. And I've seen a lot of playoff series and I've seen a lot of playoff series where the first game was tight and competitive and the second game there were chances, but it slipped away and it got out of hand and because of a tactical adjustment. And then I have seen games in the third one where the team was just like, Oh no, we're like, there's always a point where the, where one team realizes the other one's better. That might have been that yeah. might have been this game. I mean, I, I think it's it's there's might even say yeah, likely that's and what happened. The problem is, it's funny because after game one, I was like, this is not like 2013, and now it's become exactly like 2013 because <laughs> we're right where we were, which is like after they lost game two, the Nuggets were shook, and then after they lost game three in Oracle, they were like, oh, we're just not very good, 
and the Warriors are better than us. Yeah. Oh, and like that's how they played in yeah. Game Four. Um, now that team had more pride, honestly, than th- this team had today. Um, but uh. like, well, no, because I did a whole podcast for the fans. We were going over the the games and everything, and I'd forgotten stuff like the Nuggets had made a late push, and they were actually leading at half, and like all these different dynamics that were different. There's time, right? And like, part of it is that this loss was so it caught so many of us out of left field because this has been a team that responded to adversity. This has been a team that when the chips were down, stepped up. Like I thought game. The funny thing, but this is again, though, the chips aren't down. And that's the, that's kind of what I'm getting to is it. I'm not saying like, look again, I'm not by any means trying to defend whatever happened to the Nuggets today, but it's two. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm telling you, I'm not at all, but it's two to yeah. one. Like Utah doesn't just have to win on Sunday. They have to win two more games in the series. Like we're not even, we might only barely be at the halfway point. We're at the half point or less of this series. And we're talking about it as if like it's completely over. And that, and that's kind of the point I'm making. If, if this team gave their worst foot forward tonight, don't we just say that game four now becomes must win for Denver, but that it's going to take on a different life or at least has the, if they win game four, especially if they win it emphatically, then everyone's going to throw up their hands and be like, man, I don't know. Cause it's two, two now. Like, it's really going to be like, boy, I don't know. Like, it'll be very confusing. I think that's one of the things though, is I'm like, I feel like I know I, what I can count on from Utah. I don't like, that's, oh, the, that's kind of the difference. It's like, I know that Utah is going to try. <laughs> I was so impressed. I honestly, with this game, I, I, I'm, I just have such a hard time saying what I'm impressed with for Utah. I'm from, I'm hard. It's hard to analyze yeah, this from a basketball's perspective, but from game two, I was so impressed with Utah's understanding of what their game plan from all five guys that were on the court and their ability just to be like, Oh, they're doing this. This is what we do in this moment. Oh, they're doing that. Let's do this. And it just was so, it was so methodical it, with Denver. I don't even know what those are. Like, I don't know what Denver's counters are. Cause they haven't tried them yet. see, but this has been a thing that's been weird. Like somebody was like, was like Malone has made zero adjustments. I'm like, are you out of your mind? He's thrown every conceivable look at this, at this team. Oh no, I I push back on that. No, coming into this game, even his rhetoric was, I feel like we can do the same thing. We just have to do it harder, and that in the same lineup, same so rotation. For you as personnel, I, I, for you right as the, personnel, like this is where it gets to is like, it's not. But because the personnel means something on Denver, it's not again. It's not about like we have this guy who's an offense defense hybrid, and now we're going to put another one in. It's that they have personnel that says this is important, and they have personnel that says what, this is important. And what is the so starting different. lineup you want to see for Game Four? I first of all, if you're going to go one direction or the other, that I just want to see it committed. Jeremy Grant replaces Michael Porter in the starting lineup. Okay, you're trying to get some length and defense in there. I understand it. Jeremy Grant replaces. Paul Millsap in the starting lineup, okay, you're trying to spread the court a little bit more. Maybe Monte Morris goes in there too, and you say, okay, you're putting more ball handling out there, more guard play. It's just something that has a purpose. Torrey Craig and Paul Millsap, I don't think they make your defense better, but I do think they make your offense worse. And I thought that was so clear. I did a whole edition of film study of the list on DNBR, highlighting in, in detail with the clips all the different ways that this happens, where Utah just says, oh, these guys are on the court, sweet. We get to double Jokic. We get to put, put somebody over, slide somebody over when Jamal Murray tries to drive into the paint. So to me, that's what it is. It's getting pick a side. Are you going to go all, all in on the defensive side, which I personally wouldn't? But are you going to try to do that, or are you going to try to go all in on the offensive side? But the, the lineup that you had out there has been beaten by sixty points over two games. Okay, um, like I can respect that. I don't really know what like a defensive lineup for them looks like at this point, and that's why like I don't like I don't like pulling Porter at this point, just because I'm like, 
you did have offensive tr trouble today. You're still going to need to score with them. Um, I don't think that adding Grant, like Grant can't play, play Mitchell and, yeah. and there's not enough backline rim protection. And um, I, here's, here's one thing I would say, I would love to have that data point from today. Then you go into a series down only one game and say, okay, well, this didn't work. What if we try three guards? What if, what if we put more ball handling on the quarter? You know, P.J. Dozier, let's try him out there. But you don't have that data point. You only have the same one as from game two, only with less effort. And now well, – go ahead. I, I think one of the things that, that's crucial here is um, – do you remember that, that – um, not Evan Turner. Do you remember that uh, – was it Evan Turner last year in game seven for Portland? Yeah. Yeah, Evan yeah, Turner, Evan Turner and, was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Evan Turner and Myers Leonard um, were both out there, and like they were out of that series, and Stotts deployed them at the very last minute as basically a hail mary. Yeah, I honestly do not think that Malone will ever like. This is one of the things he will not try stuff enough. Like this is a problem. Right, right. right. Is like he's so focused on we have to do what we do well, which is a very Popovichian principle that he won't be like. Let's see what this guy can do. Right. Like. I like I am a hundred percent serious. I want to see Bobo. I am a hundred percent serious. <laughs> I'm not well, kidding. Well, you know what? We might see him in game five. If I mean the the funeral part, we might see him. Like I'm not it. I'm not kidding. Cause wow. I'm just like, look, man, at least he's tall and will block some shots as opposed to just letting Rudy Gobert steal his lunch money and score over him every single time. It's just it's every so single reason that Jokic was not like, did not take that matchup personally today. It's so crazy. It reminds me almost a little bit of, you know, that first Nurkic game when Nurkic was in Boston and then it just, Jokic seems so unbothered by the outcome. And you're like, the fan base is just like on edge. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, we missed some shots tonight. And you're like, what do you mean? <laughs> you get, this is what it felt like. You're like, dude, that guy was the, you're, the guy you're supposed to be better than the guy that you're being compared to and up against and the pivotal point of the series just dominated nature lunch. And he's like, I'll sleep easy tonight. Just come on, man. I don't, I, I don't. I, well, I think a lot of this though, every single player will always say that the, the blowouts are easier to get over because you're just like, ah, we didn't play well. didn't have it. We'll come back next time. Like it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's painful when you lose one where you try, but I'm just like, that could have been the series. Like, even if you try, in the remaining however many games this goes, it may not matter because if you try hard and you don't have a good shooting night, it won't matter. Yeah. Like Utah can win when they don't have a good shooting night. That's absolutely something they can do. Well, they can, especially Denver had 14 points in the first quarter. I mean, this is, this is kind of to my point with that opening lineup is they had like five points halfway through it. And you're just looking at it going, where's the points going to come from? Especially if Jokic isn't going to attack and he doesn't, you know, he's playing the way that he is. You're just not counting on I, – I had no faith in them getting to 20 points at any point in that quarter. and to, I don't know. I, it's a frustrating one. It's a tough one. Um, is there any other like kind of finer – point? we haven't really broken down the game too much. Michael Porter was had a rough yeah. night. He picked up some fouls. Um, you know, so he was I think the MPJ thing is we're talking about, and maybe we'll get into this in, in the next episode, but like, I think it's worth talking about from the perspective of um, – Tony Jones for the athletic, the, the Utah rider was basically like, he can't play in the series. Like they're just tearing him to pieces. You yeah. can't, he like, he cannot play in the series. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause it's just like, yeah, but they're scoring anyway. <laughs> like, if, yeah, I mean, and like, that was, that honestly was a lot of it like, today though, was like the bench. I also just like the, the wheels came off the bench too. Yeah. And like, I thought the bench actually played hard. I think that's one of the things is like the bench played hard. They were just outmatched today. The jazz had it going. Um, yeah. 
and that was a problem. But I do think that like eventually there's probably going to have to be, you know, some sort of like either MPJ is in the series or he's out. I don't think that they should be like. See, I, I want to. I do think he is off. I want to agree with you, Matt. And if we had a better data point from this game three, where it was like, you know, we tried the offensive lineup and they just didn't score enough and this or that, I would feel great. And then you say, you know what? All right, then let's go the other direction. Let's try something else out. We don't have that data point. We don't really have any data points, to be honest with you. Denver has yet to make an adjustment. We're heading into a fourth game and I'm not confident that the one they're going to make is going to be the, you know, the right one because I'm not confident that I know the right one that they, you just asked me, what would you do? there really are like two directions you can go with this. I'm not sure which, which one is which, but it would be nice to be able to try them out when you had an even series, not when you were down a game. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I just, I think maybe the best adjustment might be that their star player actually gives a shit. That would be a great I think, adjustment. Yeah. I'm, that, that's certainly part of it. Again, that, that's a huge part of it. Probably the number one part of it. I'm not, not trying to hide from that. I just, this series is starting to unravel from Denver. I'm curious to see how they respond in game four. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, it's interesting. I will say that it's interesting. Denver is one of those teams and Jokic, like you see, you call him a bird. He is, he's so different than every other superstar in this league in every single way including just the way he approaches games and responds to games and i wouldn't be surprised if they got their ass kicked like they did tonight i would not be surprised if they turned it around and looked like a completely different team so me neither i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised but that in and of itself is a problem that you don't know what to expect from them i think that's a problem this team ran into utah on this second night of a back-to-back with seven players and dominated and they were aggressive and they were screaming after the wear and they were running. And then they have a game like this where they get dominated and they're like, eh, whatever. Just don't. I kind of hate this team, Matt. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning <laughs> in to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Going to be back again, of course, Sunday night. Words curious as you are, what the heck's going to happen in that one? Maybe a little afraid, maybe a little concerned, but we'll be here either way. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everybody then.